Hey everybody, this is Randy Shandabel and you're listening to This Golden State. The new president has just inherited the most potent surveillance apparatus in history. And some people worry that Donald Trump will use it to spy on Muslims, activists, and his political opponents. President Nixon and FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover authorized the bugging and wiretapping of their political opponents and people they didn't trust. Even a liberal icon got into the game, Robert F. Kennedy. He authorized the wiretapping of Martin Luther King. I, Donald John Trump, do solemnly swear. But President Trump's spying powers will dwarf anything Nixon or J. Edgar Hoover could have ever imagined. Protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. The Constitution of the United States. He took the oath, but will President Trump preserve, protect, and defend everything in the Constitution? Congratulations, Mr. President. In fact, did Barack Obama, did George W. Bush, they both authorized mass eavesdropping. I've reauthorized this program more than 30 times since September the 11th attacks. The right to privacy is not mentioned in the Constitution, but several amendments to the Constitution certainly imply it. The Fourth Amendment, for example, it stops police and other government agents from searching you or your property without probable cause. Today, as part of an ongoing series on the California resistance we're doing in conjunction with San Francisco Magazine, we talked to Cindy Cohn, the executive director of the Electronic Frontier Foundation, or EFF. She says in these times of political activism, we should all be worried. EFF is an organization that works to protect your free speech and privacy when you go online. Essentially, we want to make sure that when you go online, your rights go with you. And do you have greater concerns than you did, say, last month? Well, we've worked to protect civil liberties when there are Democrats in power and when there are Republicans in power. I mean, the civil liberties agenda doesn't really change. But President Trump has said some things and said what he wants to do in ways that I think are deeply troubling and worrisome for people like me. He's very hostile to the idea that American people should have access to the strongest digital security that they need. He appears, his appointees appear to be big fans of overreaching government programs uh, to surveil Americans that we have fought for a long, long time. So on a range of issues, both President-elect Trump and the people who he's appointing to high positions raise very serious concerns for us. So those things that you're concerned about, how would they manifest themselves in the lives of everyday people? What should someone like I be worried about? Well, I think that keeping the government out of people's business is really important. People able to have privacy, to be able to organize and communicate with other people without the government uh, having the ability to access that information is tremendously important, whether you're involved in organizing around political protests or you're in a vulnerable minority group or other things. You know, we do our communicating and our organizing um, online now, and um, those places need to be places where we can have a private conversation. And you're concerned that the Trump administration will take advantage of being able to get access? We built 
In the last 15 years, the most pervasive and the most powerful surveillance system over the networks that has ever existed. And we were told and we were reassured by people in power, starting with the Bush administration, but continuing through the Obama administration, that it was okay that they had all this tremendous power because they would never misuse it. Now we've got a new president coming in who's going to have access to those powers, and it's just as important to us today as it was a month ago that we make sure those powers aren't misused. And based on some of the things that Trump and his associates have said about what they want to do, there's reason to be concerned. Here's a couple of examples from the president himself. I want surveillance of these people. I want surveillance of certain mosques, okay? I want surveillance. And remember when Apple resisted helping the FBI unlock the iPhone of that terrorist who killed 14 people in San Bernardino? Boycott Apple until such time as they give that security number. How do you like that? I just thought it. Boycott Apple. And here's another example from one of the president's key nominees. Mike Pompeo, who's going to be the new head of the CIA, was uh, in Congress before that. And, and he has said very clearly that he wants to reinstitute the telephone records collection program, the mass telephone program that caused such uproar when it was revealed in 2013, or at least confirmed in 2013, um, that that Congress eventually rolled it back. And he said he doesn't think that rollback was the right thing and that they should start not only collecting everybody's telephone records, but they should collect everybody's social and cultural communications as well and build profiles of every single American. That's what he said he wants to do. That's deeply troubling, and I think Americans ought to be nervous if their government is keeping dossiers on them and wants to keep dossiers on them. That's not a free country anymore. Now, you know, this is an old adage. You hear people say it all the time. Well, if you've got nothing to be embarrassed about, if you've got nothing to be, you know, ashamed of, you shouldn't be concerned. And your reply to that line of thinking is... Well, we're in a time frame where a lot of people have very deep and strong emotions about uh, the government, about the people in power, and they want to organize, they want to engage in their rights to political protests, they want to connect with other people who have concerns too. So those are the kinds of things that traditionally have been at risk when the government was accessed to surveillance. We have a history of, of, of problems with this. You know, Martin Luther King was surveilled, the civil rights era people were surveilled terribly by the FBI. Uh, There was the McCarthy era where where there was red baiting and tracking of people who might have had communist sympathies. There's, you know, now a lot of concern about Muslims. If you are or you have friends who are or you might possibly want to join with people who are going to raise concerns about how the government is acting, you should be concerned about this. And this is the thing, it's insidious, right? Once people start worrying about what they can say online, what they can type to their friends, what they can post on Facebook, they start self-censoring. This is very well documented. People just don't say things that they are worried are going to get them, you know, start to get them tracked. So if I'm hearing you correctly, at the very time, because the president, the new president's policies are going to be so controversial, especially here in Northern California, at the very time people are going to be protesting that, the ability for the government to monitor those protests and in 
do something with the information they gather is enhanced. That's correct. And we, we're not only seeing online surveillance, like surveillance of our internet networks, but we're seeing things like uh, stingrays, which are fake cell towers that the government, uh, that the law enforcement has put up. And, and by doing that, they are able to track everybody who's engaged in a protest or everybody who's just going down a city street. They can figure out who you are, who you're talking to, and begin to really basically penetrate the networks of people who might be communicating to make change. And Cohn says those sting towers can track you even if you're not using your cell phone. Most devices ping the cell networks all the time so that when a phone call comes in, they're ready to, uh, they're ready to, you know, that's why your phone rings, right, is because your phone is kind of keeping track of where you are by pinging the local cell towers. And there's good reasons why you want your phone to be able to ring wherever you are and be able to do that quickly. So, you know, we want the technological advantage of that. But if the government's going to come in and put up a fake cell tower, then they're going to be able to track everybody, not just the people that they're trying to target, but everybody who happens to be near one of those fake cell towers has this has their calls basically tracked through this. So there's and, and, and again, their answer would be, well, if you're tracked and you have nothing to be ashamed of, what's the big deal? But I think that we're in a time of great change now, and it's not about being ashamed of it. It's about whether you want to be able to have a voice in your government or not. So yes, if the only things you're ever going to say are things that the United States, the people in charge of the surveillance systems in the United States are all going to think are good things, then chances are good you're not going to be targeted. But I think the community of people who, con- who are concerned that they might that their views are not consistent with what the people in control of the U.S. government are doing, and so therefore might come under scrutiny, got a little bit bigger after uh, the election. And this is important whether you're a fan of this government or you're the fan of the next government, right? It's it's no government should have that kind of power. If you're going to, we live in a system where you ought to be able to gather together to decide that you don't like this government and you want the next. So even if you think that Obama was a great president, you're going to want to be able to organize in case the next president, Trump, is somebody who you don't like. And even if you like President Trump, you've got to be careful what powers you give him because the president after him might be somebody that you don't like. So, so you've said a lot of things that no doubt alarm a lot of people. So now that you've alarmed us, what do you propose people do about it? What can you do about it? Well, we need to do things on a couple of levels. There are some individual tools that are available to people who are uh, who are engaging in political activity especially, but also in their everyday communications that you can do to protect yourself. You can use tools like Signal, which is an open source chat thing that you would use instead of uh, whatever chat program you're using. If you use an Apple iPhone and you're talking to other people on Apple iPhones, iMessage is end-to-end encrypted, so that's a very good thing. People should take steps and make sure and choose tools that provide provide them with encryption. But individually, our options to be able to completely protect ourselves are not where they ought to be. And so we need to do two more things. The first thing we need to do is we need to pressure the companies, and many of them are here in, in the Bay Area, we need to pressure the companies who build these tools to build them with strong security in them and to make those security uh, options the default and, and work that way. All the companies that make phones ought to do the same thing Apple did with the with the iPhone and make them all encrypted at rest. Make that be the default. There are uh, all the tools that we use should have as much encryption, as much strong security as possible. So we need to pressure our tech developers to make sure that they build in security that protects us. And then the next thing we need to do, we need to work, put pressure on our government 
Uh, we need to make sure that they know they can't misuse these powers. And if they do misuse these powers, they're going to get caught and there's going to be accountability. So we need people to blow the whistle. We need companies to stand up when they're being asked to do something that's improper by the government and fight back. And we need to put pressure on Congress and on the executive to make sure that they don't misuse this power. Because if they think that it's possible that, that they can just get away with surveillance and get away with targeting people for engaging in political activism and that that's okay with the rest of us, then I worry that they're going to do more of it. Cohen says an added benefit to using only encrypted devices and apps, they not only block most government snooping, they block malicious hackers too. They are exactly the same. The, the good news is that the stuff that protects us from bad guys also protects us against the government and vice versa. You know, I don't think that Apple put encryption into the iPhone really because they were worried about the government. I actually think that's probably not it. They put in strong encryption into the iPhone because I believe three million phones were stolen and another two million were lost in one or one year alone. And you don't want losing your phone or having your phone stolen to mean all the data that's on your phone, which for many of us can be our whole lives, is then vulnerable to thieves. Um, and so the good news is encryption gives us both. It gives us privacy and it gives us security. And so that's why we need to make sure that we have it throughout our systems and not just on our devices, but through our networks as well. On their website, the Electronic Frontier Foundation details what they say they plan to do the next 100 days to protect your civil liberties and your privacy. And for those of you who are thinking about hitting the streets to protest, EFF lists 10 detailed security tips for protesting in the digital age. Again, if you plan to become an active protester, recommended reading at EFF.org. That's EFF.org. You can subscribe to This Golden State on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher, and find us on San Francisco Magazine's website as well. If you like us, spread the word. Any comments or ideas, shoot me an email to shandabel at shandabel.com. That's S-H-A-N-D-O-B-I-L. Thanks for listening.